Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another National Hockey League season, 2023-2024. It is the Ice Guys. It's Ian Cameron. It's Alex B. Smith. We are really, really excited to be back for the 2023-2024 NHL season. And we drop the puck tonight with a national TV uh, ESPN triple header. And actually Sportsnet in Canada is picking up the uh, games as well. Uh, And three very good contests. Uh, Nashville, Tampa Bay. We've got Connor Bedard's NHL debut, the number one overall pick from the 2023 NHL draft, and his Chicago Blackhawks taking on Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. And then we wrap it up with a great matchup of really good Western Conference teams, the defending uh, Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights hosting the Seattle Kraken in the uh, battle of the two most recent additions to the National Hockey League. Uh, in that matchup. So it's a great triple header, great games to uh, start us off. We will also be joined in a few minutes by our old friend down in Florida, uh, Brett Pepler, uh, joining us here on the show shortly as well to help us break down the Tuesday card. Uh, Thanks to everyone in the chat. We already see all kinds of names that just, it warms the heart, Alex. You just know, hey, uh, Raymond Reddington's (laughs) back. Tim York is back. Melissa Cunningham, who has been uh, one of us, one of the great uh, viewers and listeners, part of the fam for years. Uh, das Freeze, uh, Truman Underwood, the Cuban Wayne Gretzky throwing out his props, I'm sure, uh, in the chat this year uh, once again, uh, just to see those great faces. And I want to uh, shout out, especially here on this season premiere edition of the show, Stella Girl and Kevin Kevin, yes. newest members to the Ice Guys family plan. Again, we talked about this. If you watched our NHL season preview show. And I can't believe uh, how many terrific uh, comments we got about the preview show. We really do appreciate it. I'm glad you loved it. Uh, I figured you would because, you know, I don't know if it's possible to give you more than five hours of uh, team by team content and previews, but we somehow did it. Uh, And I love our guy, Evan, who is a great uh, viewer of the show too, was commenting to us, you know, I'm certainly smarter, you know, uh, five hours of, of the preview show, uh, I'm certainly yeah. much smarter and know a lot more about the uh, NHL season. I didn't reply, but I'm going to say it now because this is what I was thinking of replying with. I was a, a lot more tired, you know, after that five hours. I don't know if I'm smarter, but I know I was tired. Uh, after that <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> For sure. Holy shit, I still can't believe we went five hours with that. Thing, I know. But it was fun. We enjoyed it. Yeah. It was like therapeutic because you really get your thoughts and your, you know, your opinions out there on all of these teams and we know we have thoughts on them going into the season so we appreciate the new signups and we want to mention what the new signups will deliver for you uh it's more so because we know we've had people saying uh, we want to tip you or we want to show our donate or something like that to show our love show our appreciation for you guys being the only and i mean only seven days a week uh, nhl hockey betting show uh, on youtube on the web and the only one still i'm confident saying that the only show still to this day that previews every single NHL game uh, all season long. Uh, 
Um, and we wanted to give you guys a way to support us because your support as a member uh, to the YouTube channel now by clicking the join button for $9.99 a month allows us to keep doing this show uh, moving forward. And what we will deliver for you guys that are mem members and subscribers of the channel is tons of exclusive bonus content. You know, the stuff that you're used to will not change. It'll be public. It'll be free for all. The daily live show, the monthly betcasts now till January, the weekly betcasts February to June once football season ends. But what you'll get with the exclusive content is you'll get our daily card. Alex and I will post it there in the community tab on the YouTube channel for members uh, that are part of the channel, just like we've done on the Patreon page the last few years. We'll have exclusive videos, maybe a live show that we, you know, is a, a, that's an extra one that we'll throw out there for uh, everyone that's subscribed to the channel. And most importantly, we always have had people say to us, you know what, we love the BetCast so much, but we wish you'd do more of them, not just once a month, uh, October to January, or once a week, February to June. Well, we might drop an impromptu live betcast for members only for our uh, ice guys family plan members uh and just any random night where it's just alex is around i'm around we're just watching the games and bam we could hit up a live betcast just like that and maybe give you a couple of periods of the early games or something like that you know probably won't be one of those six hour marathon betcast deals like we have with our you know our regular uh betcasts but We'll, we'll throw them on and we'll uh, do something like that throughout, many times throughout the course of the season. We're also going to have a lot of our, uh, you know, our written content put maybe in video form, power ratings that I put out, uh, Alex's goalie charts, which uh, a lot of you guys have known he has done that for years. We can do a little video analysis, if you will, talking about our, our logic and our thought process behind putting that together. We'll also post some live bets, you know, throughout the course of a busy NHL night. Maybe there's something that, Whoa, stands out, a great opportunity. We'll post some uh, live wagers as well uh, in the uh, members-only portion of the community tab on the YouTube channel. So there's just so many things that we have planned, so many ideas and concepts that we have uh, in mind uh, for exclusive content, for bonus content uh, for our Ice Guys Family Plan members. So if you want to support the channel, again, there it is, uh, the Ice Guys Family Plan. Uh, you can sign up to that just by clicking the Join button for uh, $9.99 US per month. And uh, yeah, we're going to be giving you a lot of bonus content. More Ice Guys than ever before. Uh, that will be uh, without a doubt for this upcoming season. And uh, that's why Alex and I are so excited for the start yeah. of this season. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you know, we've been trying to kind of work through this for the last couple of seasons. Of course, now that we're back on track with the full regular season start in October. We've, you know, gotten through all of the, the, the craziness of the schedules from the last couple of years. And now we can finally you know, sit down and, and plan things out. So like I said, Ian and I have been going over this the whole summer and, and to have this layout and coming out now, and it just, it just seems like it's the best thing for everybody. We want to give you guys as much content as possible and, and show you just how much we appreciate all of you guys' support and watching us. So uh, like I said, being in the jump in live and do different things like, you know, with the live bets that I offer, I'll be doing some uh, plenty of live videos. And like I said, explaining why I'm making certain changes to, uh, you know, my different power rankings and goalie charts, you know, uh, maybe, you know, if I'm hearing in, in things about injuries or guys possibly being called up, all that information will be able to, to just detail in the video form. If you still like the written form and just want to have a copy on hand, you can download that from uh, our Patreon or the, or the YouTube page as well. So like I said, we're just offering a, a bunch of different information that all of it's there to help you guys win and, and to give you guys as much content as possible. 
And that is definitely what we will be aiming to do. There's no question. Uh, and uh, again, we're looking forward to giving you uh, a lot of brand new uh, content throughout the uh, course of the uh, season. Uh, the nice thing about doing the preview show ahead of time is because now that we're on to game day, we have three games on tap tonight. Uh, we don't have to worry about, you know, giving out, you know, our thoughts, although we will ask our guest Brett when he joins us at the end of the show what his Stanley Cup final pick is uh, because we always want to get everybody on board to give us one of those. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Um, we've got our first game now to talk about for the 2023-2024 NHL season. It gets underway. Now note the start time. Again, with this triple header, uh, this game will begin at 5.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, uh, 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. It's the first game of the triple header. And all these games, of course, on ESPN uh, in the U.S., Sportsnet in Canada. Nashville taking on Tampa Bay. Uh, we've got the Tampa Bay Lightning, minus 160 uh, home favorites. Uh, the total here, six and a half. Uh, currently shaded to the under. I think briefly it was six, and then it ended up moving to six and a half, but it looks like right now it's six and a half uh, across the board. And speak of the devil, we were just talking about him a minute ago. Here he is, our good friend down in sunny Florida, uh, Brett Pepler, back with us to help us uh, ring in the new year, if you will, for the NHL. Brett, it's good to see you again. How was your summer? Sorry, fellas, I was late. Traffic, noon hour traffic here. Oh, that's okay. Wow, it's a, that, that that traffic is everywhere. Doesn't matter yeah, what yeah, city yeah. or what place you're in. Uh, you're going to get into some shit with uh, traffic jams at some point, uh, no doubt. Um, how's the summer been? How are you do? How's the how's the school going? Yes, yeah, you're trying to develop this second coming of Connor McDavid, Connor Bedard, and all these great yeah. players of the future. <laughs> it's been going good. The summer was good. Uh, it was pretty busy. Um, I was here for most of the summer, but I went home to Canada for about two or three weeks. Worked with a lot of kids there in uh, where I'm from in Saskatchewan, and uh, it's been good, man. It's uh, same thing. Hockey's picking up. It's uh, this season just started. It's October. Uh, it started in September. A ton of new kids have been signing up and stuff. So it's uh, it's all good. It's continuing to rise. It's continuing to rise, and uh, and it's just getting bigger. The funny story is Brett played hockey for a long time. Obviously, he's excited for the start of the NHL season. But he also said to me about a week ago that I'm really into football right now because mm -hmm. football is, you know, and, and everybody loves NFL football, of course. And I'm really going to be into the Blue Jays here and their playoff yeah. run. Well, the playoff run ended before you could blink. Uh, they shit the bed. Yeah, they Terrible. did. Terrible. Yeah. Embarrassing. Embarrassing it was. So I guess now uh, a little bit more excited about hockey now that the Blue Jays basically said, ah, our season – played that poorly in their series against the, uh, the Minnesota twins. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, we're excited though uh, to have hockey back um, Nashville, Tampa Bay. Look, there's a lot to dissect here with the, uh, uh, with both of these teams. Let's start with Nashville. The thing with the Nashville predators is last year, uh, we saw them basically transition into a team that's starting to rebuild, retool a little bit. New GM, Barry Trotz, who has now handpicked his new head coach, Andrew Brunette. Uh, and look, uh, Brett, Andrew Burnett, someone that coached uh, down where you were, the Florida Panthers, obviously, uh, previously. I'm glad he's being given another chance. Uh, I've said this before. I thought the Florida Panthers kind of threw him under the bus for that second round exit against Tampa Bay. You know, and th that was the year they barely got past Washington as well in the first round. And the power play that was so great in the regular season for the Panthers was so awful, you know, in the playoffs. And they kind of put the blame on Burnett you know, when they canned him uh, that year. So I'm glad he's getting another opportunity here with the uh, Nashville Predators. 
Uh, when you look at this Predators team, number one storyline is that Philip Forsberg's healthy. This is a guy that was obviously plagued by injuries uh, last year uh, for the Panthers, uh, for the Predators, I should say. Uh, back to full health, though, uh, last year was relegated to just 50 games. Still had 42 points uh, in those 50 games for the Nashville Predators, but it looks like he's healthy right now. If you've been watching Nashville in the preseason, looks like he's he's really looking, you know, like he's got his full uh, uh, component of health back, which is significant. Uh, he'll be back on that top line. We've got our old friend, O'Reilly Auto Parts. Ryan O'Reilly is now a member of the Nashville Predators. And look, Ryan O'Reilly is going to give this team a lot, right? A lot of intangibles, two-way center, win, good on the face-off circle. Uh, his offensive game is not what it once was. And I question whether he's a number one center because uh, that's where he's slotted in to begin this season is a number one center role. I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I like him as a number two center at this stage of his career. I don't know about number one center because you got to have, well, the defensive responsibilities, yes, and he has those, but you really got to be able to produce offensively if you're going to be in the 1C spot. And, and we're going to have to see if Ryan O'Reilly can still do that here at a high level for the Predators. They've got a bunch of kids that showed some uh, promise for the future, uh, opportunity for them to hopefully grow and continue to develop this season, which Barry Trotz has made no bones about. It's a development year for the Nashville Predators. They're trying to get these young players to continue to progress as NHLers like Yuso Parson and uh, Cody Glass, Kiefer Sherwood, uh, Philip Tomasino, Luke Evangelista, Tommy Novak, a guy that we uh, cast some props with last year. I mean, these are guys that really stepped up for Nashville down the stretch last year. Remember when we thought Nashville was going to kick rocks after the trade deadline and just go away? But and they ended up you know, hanging in there, hanging in there, and almost made the playoffs. And a lot of the play of these young kids was a big reason for that. So you, you give them credit for hanging in there. Their blue line is not bad. They add Luke Shen, a good physical, steady in his own end presence uh, on the blue line. Tyson Berry uh, played solidly since they got him in the Ekholm deal with Edmonton. Yossi still can play at a high level. McDonough, of course, has that winning experience from Tampa Bay. It's actually not a bad blue line. The question is, UC Soros, Kevin Lankin, and the goalie duo. Soros was excellent last year. Is he going to be capable of duplicating that type of season for Nashville? He's going to have to for them. Tampa Bay on the flip side, when you look at them, uh, we alluded to this on the preview show. I don't think they've got the four-line quality depth they once had. Uh, last year, two years ago, we thought this team, one through 12 on the forward group, was just as good as you could ask for. I mean, they have Stamkos, Point, Kucherov, Hagel, Sorelli, uh, and Tyler Mott to begin this season. But you start to go to that bottom six forward group and, you know, they bring in the Luke Glenn Denning. They've got uh, Tanner Janot who struggled once he got traded from Nashville to Tampa Bay. Connor Sheary's a nice ad. Nick Paul's solid. Can they get the Mikey Acemont that showed up in San Jose? Because when Acemont got uh, moved to Tampa Bay, he really didn't do a whole lot for them. See if he can step up. And I don't think they've got quite the forward depth as they've had in the past. Same, you can probably be said for the blue line. When you look at what they have there, we know Hedman and Sergachev are going to be the stalwarts. Nick Perbix, actually, I thought for as much as I was worried about his play, he got better as the season went on. And uh, Eric Chernak, block, shot blocker, eats a lot of pucks, physical good in his own end. But then you've got Darren Radish, you got Calvin DeHaan, who's had some injury issues, you got Hayden Fleury. So there's some questions about the blue line depth for Tampa. And then in net, it's the biggest question. Absolutely. With Andre Vasilevsky sidelined with this emergency surgery he had to have done. And now all of a sudden you've got Jonas Johansson being thrust into a number one goaltending role for this team, basically out of necessity, you know, and uh, we're going to see now, here's the thing, John Cooper 
and, and a lot of his teammates were impressed with Johansson in the preseason. And he did. If you actually look at Johansson's numbers in the preseason, he played well. But this reminds me of what Robert Sala was saying last year before the season started about Zach Wilson with the New York Jets. Talking about how really he was looking confident, had control, command of the offense in preseason. And what happened to Zach Wilson in the regular season last year? Oh, yeah. Shit the bed. Played awful. Uh, horrendous, in fact. So, yeah, they're saying that Jonas Johansson's playing well here in the preseason. Let me see it in a meaningful game. Let me see it in the regular season here. That's going to end up being the big question. So this is a fascinating game. Not best bet material, but I have a couple of small bets here. I took a shot with the Predators team total here. I got a two and a half at minus 135 for the Predators to go over their team total. All they need is three goals. And keep in mind, too, Tampa Bay is changing their defensive structure a little bit. Uh, apparently, they're making some changes on the system related to the defense, to the blue line. And there were some games in the in the preseason where they're giving up 40, 50 shots. Uh, so keep that in mind. And if Johansson's going to face that kind of rubber, you know, that's going to be a big challenge for him. And I know Nashville's not the kind of team we expect to light up the scoreboard throughout the season. But tonight, with these defensive changes, scheme changes, system changes, makeshift blue line, some changes with the depth on the Tampa blue line, questions about Johansson and Nett. I think it's an opportunity for Nashville to maybe get three goals here, and a healthy Philip Forsberg certainly helps that. So I like that team total more than anything here, Nashville over two and a half. And I prefer that than the money line because I don't want to worry about Tampa Bay, what they do in terms of offense here against Nashville, where because I do have some questions about them. So just focus on Nashville, maybe being able to take advantage of this as questionable a D and goaltending tandem as we've seen here for Tampa to start a season. So Predators team total for me over two and a half. Alex, what do you think here to get the party started for the new season? Preds, Lightning. Yeah, this would have been a much more interesting matchup with Andre Vasilevsky at net because you're talking about two of the best goalies in the league and Charles and Vasilevsky going head to head. I would be probably looking at, you know, under, be looking at a draw. Uh, but now we're talking about Jonas Johansson, and I, I, I mentioned it on the, the Edgework podcast. I was in the chat uh, watching that this morning, and I said the drop-off between Andre Vasilevsky and Jonas Johansson is like you went from having a steak at Ruth's Chris to having a cold Whopper from Burger King. Like, it's that far apart in my book. He, I, I haven't had a further goalie split from one to two in quite some time than last year uh, or, or before the, the, the injury when I had them uh, ranked during the preseason. I had a 40-cent drop-off between Vasilevsky and Johansson because he's just not that good. Every location he's been, we've heard of him struggling. Now we're hearing of him finally getting his mechanics together. He is with a new goaltending coach. Like you said, the new defense in front of him. But if he reverts back even slightly to what we, he's been the last few years and this team's now giving up 45-plus shots a game, it's going to be ugly. And, and I know there's a lot of people who are saying, well, Okay, Vasilevsky's only gone eight to ten weeks. Tampa Bay could still stay afloat long enough to where, you know, they get they stay in the race and be a playoff team. But when you're talking about eight to ten weeks, and keep in mind this is a a, a back surgery where he's got to recover eight to ten weeks. That's not counting more than likely he's gonna have to do a rehab stint with Syracuse in the AHL and, and, and you know get back to skating and feeling himself again. When you talk about a goaltender with your back, that's like a goaltender with his groin. Those are significant things that have to be worked out. Otherwise, they can just keep, you know, nagging you for the rest of your career. So you're talking 12 weeks missing him out of 27 weeks in the season. That's a tough ask. And when you're talking about it, either Jonas Johansson or Matt Tompkins, who I'm certainly not really sold on, even though they said once again, he's had a great training camp. 
we got to see it in real time. So we won't be able to get the true value of the Tampa Bay Lightning until probably five or six games in. Once we see this rotation of, of Johansson and Tompkins, are they going to play tighter defense in front of them knowing they don't have uh, 88 to rely on back there? Will that take away from the offense? We talk about that all the time, how teams get so locked down defensively, they forget the score, which I think is going to be a Nashville issue. It was last year, most certainly this year, because as you talked about, their depth is not really there. They don't have guys who can score in that third and fourth line that are reliable. And Nashville is obviously built to play defense. Roman Yossi is one of the best in the league. I mentioned UC Saros. Uh, if he can match up to the, even close to the same level of last season, he'll be fine. Where are the goals going to come from? That's what I'm worried about. Like, you know, I get your Nashville look. That's the only way I would be looking to to back Nashville as a team. Definitely wouldn't take a, a money line with them. I would go team total over. But I just don't know if if there's going to be a, a a you know uh, a drive to you know get the offense rolling. I think everybody's going to be worried more about their back end. And we see this with games in the first couple of, of, of games in the season, right? You either see things that are wide open. Teams know exactly what they want to do, or teams are still trying to figure things out. Like you said, with Tampa having a new defensive scheme, Nashville not having much offense, I, I still would lean toward the, betting the under here. So at six and a half, that, that's my only look at it right now. I don't have anything official, but that's the closest thing I'm coming to, to betting with this game. Well, what's concerning is this new uh, defensive structure and, and, and scheme is, uh, that Tampa Bay um, is putting in you know, is it's, it's a work in progress. I mean, there's games they are giving up 52 shots on goal in the preseason. And some of those games they had, you know, uh, pretty much their regular lineup or close to it in the preseason. They're giving up that many shots. And that's concerning. Um, now, Nashville could be a Calgary type this year. Nashville's going to have some of those Calgary Flames type of performances from last year. 40 shots on goal and one goal scored. You know, that's a that's something you could see. I like what our guy Nick Earl and Nick Earl, by the way, Earl Sports Bets in our chat. Uh, we thank him for becoming yeah, a member of uh, Ice Guys Family Plan. Uh, he's, of course, our good friend. He's on our show before as a guest and also on the BetCasts many, many times. So good to uh, see Nick Earl. Uh, thanks for joining the channel. Uh, I agree with his thought about the Johansson saves prop, and which leads right into uh, props. I'll save my prop opinions on this game for after we hear from Brett. Uh, what do you think here, my friend, Brett? Nashville, Tampa Bay tonight. Well, on Saturday night, I went to the Panthers and the Lightning in Florida, the last exhibition game. And just what you guys are saying, uh, the goalie, Jonas Johansson, he let in some pretty weak goals. He looked not bad in there. He's big. You know, he covers a lot of the net. Uh, Lomberg walked over the blue line and just shot a little muffin, went in, was one of the goals. So it's going to be it's going to be tough to say. Uh you know, with Vasilevsky out, they, like you guys said, they could be struggling for a little bit there. Um, their forwards looked okay. Their D was okay. That Radish, Darren Radish, he looked pretty good. He played a lot of minutes. Um, Sergachev, Hedman, they looked good. Their forwards looked all right. Kucherov, Stamkos, Braden Point looked really good. So uh, I think Tampa will be all right once, you know, it gets rolling. They looked a little rough even though it was preseason, but the passes were off, stuff like that. But uh, I think they'll be okay. Nashville, I was looking at their roster uh, last night. I don't think they're going to be very good at all. I was listening to a show, and they were talking about if they should be trading uh, Juicy Saros there, um, see how the season goes for a little bit, then may, he might be on the block. But, yeah, other than Yossi, O'Reilly, Forsberg, you know, I know – Yossi and Forsberg, they really love Nashville, the city, the people, all that kind of stuff. So it'd be really hard for them to 
to leave there. But other than that, I don't think they really have much to work with looking at their roster. So uh, I'm going to say Tampa's going to win this game. Uh, I'm going to say with the over. And I don't think Nashville is going to have a very good year unless unless these guys really step up and surprise and maybe they gel. And maybe with the new coach, uh, like you were saying there, Brunette, he did a really good job two years ago with the Panthers. Uh, he didn't really get a fair shake there. They used some kind of story in the end there. that That's why they lost out and all that kind of stuff. They went to the strippers when they were down 3 nothing. Then they lost. That too, they yeah, sweat. that's right. So, yeah. We appreciated so that. They, here, yeah, so the, so that kind of was that was the crux of Alex's biggest score, biggest like yeah. piece of yeah. profit in that playoff season. Yeah, so I think he'll be good. I think they'll, I think Trotz will be a good GM and he'll be a good coach, but they need to get some guys in there. And I know they're doing a rebuild, but you have like Saros, Yossi, Forsberg, those guys are looking to win a cup. You know, they're still they're in their prime, they're still you know early 30s or whatever they are, but. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a rough season for the Predators, so that's what I would say. I, I think it will be too. I think that I don't. I obviously don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they'll be feisty. I think they'll be. You know, there's going to be nights where they, they they work hard. The work ethic will be there because you don't bring in O'Reilly, Shen, and some of these veterans who just they know how to play. They know they bring it every night as far as efforts concerned, and that can uh, you know instill you know, what the way to be as a pro to these young players on the team. But at the end of the day, you got to put the puck in the net. There's probably not enough game breakers for Nashville, especially if Forsberg has another injury situation like last year. Alex's point in the chat is 100%. And uh, there we go. I'm going to put the comment up on the screen just because it's so it's 100% right. Any major injuries to Kucherov or Hedman, and I'll throw Sergachev in there, especially from as far as the blue line is concerned. Yeah. If Hedman and or Sergachev are both get injured, and miss time, that's huge because this blue line no longer has that immediate, yeah, this guy is going to be able to fill those shoes, fill those minutes, <clears throat> fill being able to play in every situation at a high level on the blue line without Hedman and Sergachev. And look, they were healthy last year. I think 76 games for Hedman, 78, I believe, for uh, Sergachev uh, last year. So these two guys were able to stay healthy last year uh, for this team. And all I can say is better hope that happens again because – after you get past those two on the blue line for uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Edmund at 76 games last year. Yeah, Sergachev 79. So they stayed healthy last year. But can that happen again? And there's a huge, huge concern for Tampa Bay if one or both of those guys misses time on the back end. And you know what? There's a comparison, and Jarek Rubin made it in the chat. He said if you know they could fall off like the how the 2017-18 Hawks did when they were missing Crawford at the beginning of the year. But I think the better comparison of this team is – Pittsburgh four years ago. What is the thing we've been talking about with the Pittsburgh Penguins all the years that they were dominant during their dynasty? And then what changed was the depth players that they had, if they had guys go down, they became regulars. So when they got hurt, nobody filled in for them. So that's where Tampa is really at right now. All the depth they had that helped them win cups in the last couple of years, helped them make those deep playoff runs going all the way back to 2015. Those guys are either gone or they're the players that are currently the role play, the, the the top stars and key players. So there are no role players. There are there is no depth in Syracuse if, if anyone gets hurt right now. So yeah, it's a, it's a major problem. They're they're one of the weaker teams, and that's a spot they're not used to being in. Yeah, there's no doubt. As far as my uh, props for uh, the game tonight are concerned, like obviously when you're talking about any sort of. Uh, points props for the lightning players. I mean, you're always talking about these, you know, minus 200 prices for your point and Kucherov and Stamkos. And, you know, it's very, very difficult 
to back those unless you put them in some kind of parlay. But for Nashville, there's a couple that stand out. Uh, more so the point props. I mean, Thomas Novak was a point machine last year. Uh, you know, he's around minus 110, even money to get a point uh, in the game tonight. I, I don't mind taking a look uh, at that. Um, I, the one guy I think that's going to find the back of the net tonight for Nashville, if the, if, he, if they are able to get some offense going, it's obviously Forsberg. Like you can get upwards of plus 220, uh, plus 200. Uh, for him to score a goal, plus 210 at FanDuel. It's actually a pretty good price for a guy that we know is probably going to have to be the best player offensively for Nashville. And what I've also noticed about uh, Forsberg in the preseason, do you know he was numbered, uh, to, tied for second in the NHL in shots on goal per game during the preseason? This guy was shooting the puck a lot. So that has me on Forsberg's uh, shot, shots on goal. Uh, over two and a half. Now it is uh, minus 150. Uh, that price was a little bit cheaper earlier, but uh, I still like it. Forsberg over two and a half shots on goal here for the uh, Nashville Predators, uh, minus 150. This is a guy, again, that during the preseason averaged 5.3 shots on goal per game. So uh, I think a pretty good chance to get to three shots on goal and a Tampa Bay team that, as we talked about, they were giving up a lot of shots in the preseason as they transitioned to this new look defensive uh, system. Uh, that they're trying to play. So some shots on goal props for Nashville might be worth a look. The Johansson saves as well, but especially Forsberg over two and a half uh, shots on goal, minus 150. I think that's a really good SOG prop uh, on the Nashville side uh, here tonight. All right, next game, we've got Chicago and Pittsburgh. This is your primetime game, the second game of the triple header on ESPN and the debut, of course, uh, of Connor Bedard. Uh, Pittsburgh minus 250, home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, Alex and I talked about his Blackhawks on the previous show and mentioned um, offensively, there's going to be at least some hope for this team because of what, they, because of Connor Bedard, because uh, they've got, uh, they've added Taylor Hall, uh, a legitimate skilled forward to play alongside him uh, on that top line. The question for Chicago is beyond that tandem, beyond that line. Can, does Tyler Johnson still have something in the tank? We'll see. Uh, does Lucas Reichel take a huge step forward this year? We'll see. I actually like Taylor Radish. I'm not too worried. I think Taylor Radish will have a nice season. They're going to start him in a top six role, playing on the second line for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, and it looks like uh, Andreas Athenasiu uh, last year for Chicago ended up with 20 goals, 20 assists. That's what you're hoping for from him this year. Like, get 20 goals, uh, help this team out offensively. Um, I know they they like uh, Cole Gutman, who did, did not get a lot of time last year. 14 games, six points for Chicago. Uh, he'll be on the uh, third line, Boris Kachuk as well, on that line as well. And then you've got the uh, the veteran group uh, on the fourth line, which is actually, I think, the chance to be an effective line. They all know how to play. Even Jason Dickinson at times last year was a bit of a bright uh, uh, a bright light for the uh, Chicago team offensively. Felino, of course, brought in in the offseason. And Perry, again, veteran presence to help out you know this young team. And, of course, Connor Bedard uh, in particular. But this blue line's got all kinds of question marks. You know, when you look at it, oh, they're starting the season with Seth Jones and Alex Vlasic, basically a 22-year-old uh, defenseman uh, who's only played uh, 21 games at the NHL level, uh, played mostly last year at Rockford in the AHL. Um, but, my man, I'm telling you what, uh, I, he might be solid uh, in time, but we're going to ask him to play a number one pair uh, on the blue line here with Seth Jones right away. I mean, that's asking a lot. That's putting a lot of uh, pressure and a lot of responsibility uh, on Alex Vlasic's shoulders 
right away here for Chicago. I don't know. We'll see if he can handle it. Uh, Kevin Korczynski is going to be a good one, but again, right away, second pair. Connor Murphy, I always think this guy is capable of so much more, and he's you know sometimes kind of underwhelmed here for Chicago on the blue line. And I can't say I love the third pair, Tenorti and Kaiser. That's a plotting pairing. Uh, I worry about them in their own zone, being able to keep up with some of the speed that the other uh, players can throw at them. Uh, and it's, uh, I do like that Nikita Zaitsev's not playing, but it's not like he got someone leaps and bounds better, you know, on the blue line to play on that third pair uh, right now for Chicago. And then we get to the blue line, which, uh, as Alex uh, has talked about especially, hard to have faith and confidence for 82 games this season with Peter Morozik and Arvid Soderblom uh, being the two netminders you've got to worry about. So I think if things, if Reichel plays well, Radish continues to progress, he had a good finish to last year, Athenasiu gives you 20 goals, you're going to have enough offensively. There's going to be some nights that good defensive teams are going to shut this team down. But now comes to the point that I want to make about Pittsburgh coming into this season and this game tonight. How good are they defensively? Because I said it in the preview show, and I'm saying it now, they've got an offensive, they've got a Stanley Cup caliber offensive team. They certainly do. And here's the thing that benefits Pittsburgh even more tonight. Uh, an even bigger boost is, look, we weren't totally sure that Jake Gensel was going to be good to go for the first game of the season. But he is. Uh, he is cleared uh, from his uh, in ankle injury, and he will play tonight for the uh, Penguins. So that Crosby, Rust, and Gensel top line uh, is intact. They bring in Riley Smith from the Vegas Golden Knights, a nice addition. Uh, we know how well he played there. Uh, he's going to be on the second line with Evgeny Malkin and Ricard Raquel. Uh, that is suddenly a pretty solid second line. Uh, Drew O'Connor, Lars Eller, Jansen Harkins from the Winnipeg Jets, you know, who didn't kind of fell out of favor there a little bit in Winnipeg. Uh, he's going to get now a bit of a better opportunity now playing on the third line here with Pittsburgh. Again, a guy with some offensive upside. Nieto, Achari, and uh, Jeff Carter. How about that? In the waning years of his career, down on a fourth line. So it is what it is. That's what you got to do. You got to be like a Corey Perry. And Jeff Carter is following that same trajectory where you can't bitch and moan. You know, you're now in the twilight years of your career. You've got to accept it. And you've got to realize that probably a fourth line or a depth forward role is where I'm at right now at this stage of his career. And Jeff Carter's a pro. You know, he's not going to be one of those people that complains about it. Uh, he's going to do the right thing on behalf of the hockey team. Uh, and you know what? I think he'll be solid in that role, uh, in my opinion, down on the fourth line. I like a lot of what I see from the forward group. I think this team's going to have the capability of scoring goals. The power play is going to be good when you bring in an Eric Carlson, uh, obviously, in the offseason and his 100 points from last year. And Chris Letang's always been a great power play quarterback type uh, on uh, from the blue line on that power play. But defensively, I've got major concerns. As much as we've, I've just praised Letang at the offensive end on the power play, his defensive game was not good last year there's no question ryan graves who i like colorado new jersey now here in pittsburgh they're asking him to be a top pair defenseman now with this team is he ready for that ready for that responsibility that's going to be a big question mark marcus Pedersen's probably the best defensive stay-at-home steady defenseman they have and we know all, carlson uh is all about the offense not so much the defense it's been that way you know for much of his career so what are you going to get from him in his own end? And then that third pairing is, you know, Pierre-Olivier Joseph and Chad Ruedel, who are marginal defensemen. They're, they're, they're all right. They're not great. So this team's ability to keep the puck out of the net concerns me. And I don't think one through six, this is anything like the Vegas blueprint, where they've got 
shut down defenders littering the blue line. Pittsburgh doesn't have that. And I wonder if Jari and Nedeljkovic, the two goaltenders for Pittsburgh, maybe they need that kind of defense. Because without it, they could be exposed a little bit and struggle a bit more, face more high danger chances. So um, we'll see, though. Uh, definitely when you look at it, um, it's a lot of makeshift going on, a lot of changing going around on that blue line for Pittsburgh. And that's my biggest concern for them, not only tonight, but moving forward, their ability to keep the puck out of the net. So I like this over the total here. I, I had Pittsburgh circled as an over team as far as the totals are concerned in their games early on. And the same thing for the Chicago Blackhawks. So we're going to put it to the test right away here uh, with these two teams and go up and over six and a half here with the uh, Blackhawks uh, and the uh, Penguins. Uh, I think a pretty good chance we see uh, goals both ways uh, in this matchup tonight. And it is worth noting uh, last year, two head-to-head meetings, Chicago and Pittsburgh, five to three, five to two, uh, the final scores in those games, both of them going up and over the total. So uh, over six and a half for me, uh, Blackhawks, Penguins at around current price with that. So it's actually the juice has gone up significantly, pretty much minus 125 now uh, across the board with this Blackhawks, Penguins uh, over six and a half. Uh, Alex, your Blackhawks are back and they take on the Penguins tonight. What do you think? Yeah, you know, and of course, all eyes are going to be on number 98, Connor Bedard, and, and the matchup with him and Sidney Crosby, you know, ESPN's drooling over themselves. They had them, you know, sit down and do an interview with each other and everything in the offseason. That's been the ad that's running. Uh, you know, how great they are and all that. Right, that's going to be, right, that's gonna yeah. be a puke fest. I'm sorry. I know what they're doing, but that's yeah, going to yeah. be a vomit-inducing segment for me probably that's yeah and you know and, and it's like you know i thought we gotten over this with when uh you know the the, the ovechkin crosby battles we always kind of you know talked about how nbc sports just i mean they just loved hyping this up like it was you know ali frazier like it was fucking insane like they, they aren't going against each other it's two teams battling and so i digress from the point the pittsburgh penguins missed the playoffs for the first time in 16 years last year. And part of the reason was the domino effect that happened when they lost at home to these Chicago Blackhawks, a, a worse Chicago Blackhawks team, in, in my opinion, and uh, lost control of their destiny. Florida, you know, went on their magical run. The rest is history. Now they get to be right back in the same building against the same team with a completely different mindset. You know, they're going all in. You know, Kyle Dubas was not screwing around. He made the trade to bring Eric Carlson in. Uh, you know, I was kind of joking around looking at the ages of some of these guys, Jeff Carter and Latang and, and uh, Crosby and Malkin. I'm sure they wanted to play the 4.30 p.m. start rather than this middle start so they can maybe get to that, uh, you know, that early uh, dinner and then get to, to bed a little bit. But uh, this is the old team, and they they know that they don't have time left, my point. They're going all in right now, and, and I'm sure Crosby is one of those guys, he remembers just about everything. You know, if you hear him in interviews, he he's he's one of those guys that really you know takes things to heart. He didn't, I'm sure he didn't like missing the playoffs one bit. I'm sure he remembers the fact that they played poorly against this Hawks team in that spot, and everything collapsed from there on. So they can make amends right now. It's hard to, to call this a necessarily revenge spot, but I think this is just more of a get back spot for Pittsburgh to say, hey, let's clear what happened last year. Let's get back on track. Let's get to the postseason. Let's start off with two points here and now. I'm not betting the full game because I'm not laying 250. That's a crazy price. I laid the first period puck line with Pittsburgh minus the dollar 25. So I lay in the half a goal there. I've also split uh, a unit between three player props on the Blackhawks side. I like Taylor Hall to score a goal at plus 290. I also like his shots over two and a half at plus 130. Just had a kid a couple of days ago. I was talking about that new dad angle, and he seems to be really jazzed up, not only because of that, but just to be with a new team. He knows the hype around. Connor Bedard, his line mate, 
and, and the gel you know that we've seen between the two of them so far in preseason has been great. They're passing and moving the puck together very nicely. I think Bedard is going to be the one to set up Hall. So I also like Connor Bedard to get an assist at plus 170. I know everybody's looking for him to get the goal right away. I actually have a bet on him to score his first goal in Montreal on Saturday at plus 420, something I bet over at FanDuel about a month and a half ago. So I don't think he's going to get a goal tonight. And I think there will be a lot of scoring in this game, but 98 is going to get on the score sheet with an assist. So give me that at plus 170 along with Taylor Hall to score a goal at 290. Taylor Hall over two and a half shots at plus 130. And Penguins to get out of the first period with a lead minus $1.25. All right, there we go. And I like a lot of those props. Um, look, I, I I can't give you Connor Bedard over two and a half shots. I really like that prop too with Connor to get, because Connor in his first game, I think is actually the adrenaline will be flowing through his veins. It's his first NHL game. And this is someone that averaged four shots on goal per game in the preseason for Chicago, uh, Connor Bedard. And actually his shot attempts per game were even higher than that. So I think asking him to get three shots on goal is not asking a lot. The problem is, guess when I bet that Connor Bedard over two and a half shots on goal prop yesterday afternoon. Do you know what the price was on that yesterday afternoon? Minus 120. Do you know what the price is on that now? I'm seeing FanDuel as minus 235 for Connor Bedard over two and a half shots on goal. It's moved a shit ton. So you you, you can't bet it now as far as, or if you're going to bet it, you got to look at an alternative number, like a three and a half uh, and, and try to get plus money on it and take a chance there. But no, I love the Bedard shots prop, but man, it's just moved way too much from when I bet it yesterday. Uh, and now it's like, well, it's at least minus 170, minus 180 at most books. And like I say, some have over minus 200 now uh, on Bedard. And, over and wait, just one thing. I, I misspoke on the on the price quote of that. Pittsburgh, that's minus a half a goal, plus 125. So I'm, I'm laying the goal. Yep. So I, just in case I, I misspoke on that, because I think I said minus 25 for the price. So it's plus 125 laying the, the half a goal in the purse. And you mentioning Connor Bedard to get an assist is speaks exactly to what I was saying throughout the offseason and the preview show that I think Bedard is a better chance to go over his points prop this year than goals prop. Yeah, I think he's going to be one of those uh, players we saw it in the preseason more assists than goals from Connor Bedard in the preseason. So there's going to be great value on the Bedard. Everyone's going to think Bedard, 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 he's going to score left and right. No, he's going to facilitate too. He is a great passer. Now, on the power play, if he sees that the, the shooting lane isn't there for him, he is totally all right with passing to a teammate and a, uh, on, on the power play or five-on-five, five, whatever the case may be, and trying to set them up. So, And, and you're going to get greater value, obviously, with that assist prop compared to the point prop. The point prop is like minus 140 or minus 150 for Bedard tonight, but the assist prop is plus, as uh, Alex mentioned, plus 170, plus 180 uh, at Pinnacle. So, Really good price on Bedard to uh, get an apple uh, tonight uh, in his NHL debut. Uh, Brett, what do you think here? Blackhawks, Penguins. Blackhawks, Penguins, boys. Uh, I look at the Hawks and I'm like, you know, they got Connor Bedard. They got Taylor Hall. I think they're going to have a hard time scoring even though they have Connor Bedard. So, you know, Connor Bedard is amazing. You have to see him live, obviously, to see what he brings to the table. But you know, after a few games here in the regular season, I think with the big boys, they're going to get a lot of video on him. Uh, you know, I think they're going to be able to shut him down a bit tonight. I'm going to say he's going to have a goal. You know, he's going to be hyped up. Um, Sid's going to be Sid's going to be after him. You know, I'm not sure if they're going to match lines or what are they going to do, but Sid's going to be controlling him. You know what I mean? So he's going to have a tough game, especially if he's playing center on that line with Taylor Hall. Uh, I think it's going to be a tight game. Pittsburgh, like you said, Pittsburgh's all in. 
they have some older guys. They still have a good team. You know, uh, Crosby, not saying he ever fell off the map. He's amazing. I watched him last year, my first time ever watching him. He's still amazing. Uh, you see NHL.com puts out the top 50 players. He's still number seven or number eight. So he had issues in the past, but he's still amazing. Malkin, if he's healthy, uh, he's going to be really good. Jeff Carter, I don't think he's going to sit on that fourth line too long. I think he's going to move up a bit, maybe to the third line. Um, it's going to be a it's going to be a high scoring game tonight. I'm going to say like about a, a six five Pittsburgh game, some very sloppy D. You know, like uh, Chicago. Besides Seth Jones, who the fuck are some of these D men they have? You know, they have to they have to prove themselves. And it's a really good question, actually. Yeah, yeah. Like to be honest, man, if you look at some of these rosters, like Nashville, when I looked at theirs, I know some of those guys were young and they were in the minors last year, but you don't know a lot of the the guys. Same with Chicago. Like, I think Chicago, what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to go out and make a couple deals just to get a couple more legit guys or else they're going to be in trouble. Uh, you know, Taylor Hall is a good guy to play with Bedard, but you might need someone, not Corey Perry, maybe a little bit more unseasoned, I guess you could say, just to have someone on that line as well with him. And and they've got to get another D and possibly a goalie because you don't want to be getting shelled every night. But but you never know. You never know until uh, the puck drops and see what happens. And same with Pittsburgh. I, I have trust in Pittsburgh. I know Dubas, Dubas is there, but they also have Brian Burke overseeing him. So I don't think Brian Burke's going to throw in all the cards on the table if he doesn't feel they have a chance. And I know that's a lot of loyalty to Sid and Melkin and those guys and Latang, who's been there their whole career. But I think if they can put it together and stay healthy, which is a huge thing, staying healthy, they could be, you never know. You never know. So, but I'm going to go with Pittsburgh tonight in a high scoring affair. There you go. Pittsburgh in the end uh, over six and a half, uh, like in that you said, six, five uh, Pittsburgh. And if you want it, sprinkle a little bit on the correct score prop, if you want with that, with the uh, six, five final, there are a few Pittsburgh props that I'm going with. Um, I'm going with two of the, uh, uh, Gensel being back has thrown this off a little bit. You could see him contributing a little bit, but I'm going to go with the two guys that have been the mainstays, obviously fricking frack here up front. Uh, down the middle for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins here for how long? It's been, uh, what, almost 20 years. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin. Goal and an assist for both of them tonight uh, in this game. And I actually like Crosby's overshots on goal prop as well. Crosby's one of those uh, players where you got to pick and choose your spots when it comes to going over the shot prop for him. But I think tonight's one of those nights he really wants um, to play well. He knows Bedard's on the other side. And I know that they're going to make nice and have this little kumbaya and uh, wonderful love, loving, if you will, uh, love fest with this uh, interview spot that ESPN's got planned with the two of them. But when that puck drops, Sidney Crosby's going to want to still show the young buck that, hey, I was, you know, the franchise, the face of the league at one point, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest face of the league at one point, and I still want to show that I've got a lot of gas left in that engine. And I think you're going to see that from uh, Sidney Crosby here tonight. So Crosby, uh, the goal prop, by the way, I'll throw out the prices here. The goal prop best you can get is around plus 140 at Caesars. As far as the the assist prop, uh, minus 110 uh, at uh, BetMGM for Crosby. And then for Malkin, the goal prop is at um, plus uh, 210. Batano uh, has probably the best price with the goal prop for Evgeny Malkin. And then the assist prop for Malkin, minus 105 at bet 99. So a uh, goal and an assist 
uh, four bets there. Goal assist props for both Crosby and for Malkin tonight. And I also like Crosby over two and a half shots on goal. I got minus 150 on it. I think it's even gone up a little since then, the juice. So the, it's getting up there now over minus 170 or so. But I, I still think good chance we see uh, three shots on goal tonight, at least from Sid. Not I, I love how they keep calling him Sid the Kid because we've just been ingrained in our brains to call him Sid the Kid from his very first day in the NHL. He's not a kid anymore, guys. Like, he's only a couple of years younger than me, and I consider myself getting old. So, uh, yeah, he ain't a kid anymore. You know, time to kind of put that uh, in the uh, – uh, tr- uh, put that to the in the drawer, if you will, calling him that. Uh, all right, we've got our final game. You know what? For all the talk about, you know, Tampa Bay is involved tonight, Chicago and Pittsburgh, lots of offensive talent, Connor Bedard's first game. This might be the best game of the night uh, coming up here, the late game. Uh, in Vegas as the defending Stanley Cup champions. The Vegas Golden Knights raise their Stanley Cup banner, get their rings, and have that pregame ceremony that the Stanley Cup champs have in their first game of the season at home, uh, hosting the Seattle Kraken. Vegas minus 170, home favorites, six the total here uh, in this one. Of course, Vegas, what more needs to be said than we've already said all summer about how just impressive they were Um, up front. You know, all four lines are strong. Uh, and even this year losing Riley Smith, and you still look at that forward group, and it's still really good. You know, you got – and the reason why they had to move out Smith is because they were up against the cap. They just couldn't keep him. And they wanted to re-sign Clochet Barbashev. They wanted to re-sign Ivan Barbashev. And now they've got him and Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marcheseau uh, back together again, which had great chemistry throughout the playoffs last year. Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone together on the second line, this time with Brett Howden you know, taking the spot of the vacated spot left by a Riley Smith, who's moved on to Pittsburgh. Paul Cotter, William Carlson, Michael Amadio uh, making up the third line. And then there's that fourth line that was just terrific. Every time that fourth line in the playoffs last year, Will Carrier, Nicholas Watt, and uh, Keegan Colasar were on the ice. They made it happen. They got in on the four check, kept pucks alive in the offensive zone, good defensively at the other end. You know, it's that same great four lines of depth Vegas once again should have this year. The blue line, one through six, as good as you could ask for, with two, though, interesting and notable uh, absences, at least for this game tonight, with Alec Martinez placed on IR uh, with an upper body injury, as well as Zach Whitecloud uh, placed on IR uh, as well, upper body injury. Uh, Both of these players look like they're going to be week to week at this point, so they're both going to miss some time. Uh, White Cloud and Martinez. The question is going to be Ben Hutton and Braden Pahal are going to take over in the third pairing on defense for the Golden Knights. They like both of these guys. Um, are they going to deliver the way Martinez and a White Cloud have? White Cloud is nobody talks about it enough how good he was in the playoffs last year. He was just very so good. good. Very good. Yeah, outstanding. Rarely made a bad play with the puck, poise, made the right play rarely out of position in his own end. They will miss him way more than people would think for a third pair defenseman because he plays a lot better, I think, than a normal third pairing defenseman does. So those are significant absences. Martinez, a veteran. White Cloud's been great. And now there's some pressure on Hutton and Pahal, you know, on the third pair to get the job done and play at that same level, which is not going to be easy. Uh, The rest of the blue line, again, Nick Haig was great. Shea Theodore, Petrangelo, Alex Petrangelo, Braden McNabb. So still a very good blue line with just now a couple of question marks about how that third pairing of Ben Hutton and Braden Pahal are going to play uh, right out of the gate. And of course, Aiden Hill, who has just uh, found uh, an incredible uh, form 
uh, in the playoffs when he took over for an injured Laurent Brossois in the playoffs. Uh, he will be back and starting in goal for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights this season, including tonight. And Logan Thompson, of course, who finally is now healthy, uh, backing him up. Still a really good team. That being said, here's this Seattle team coming in that Alex and I uh, have been very bullish on coming into this season. Uh, a team that we couldn't, I couldn't believe 90 and a half was their a point total uh, this season. I couldn't believe that they were 50 to one and they were still 50 to one at BetMGM and some other book fan duel as well for winning the Stanley cup disrespect. This is a team that was one win away from the conference finals last year, losing to Dallas. And they came very close Seattle to win in that series. And the reason why people at the betting markets are sleeping on Seattle is because there's no superstars. There's not. And, and that doesn't catch the attention of the broader NHL betting marketplace that, that, that nobody respects that there's no, you know, there's no big, big name superstars, but nobody respects that uh, Jared McCann, Maddie Beneers, Jordan Eberle, Jaden Schwartz, Alex Wenberg, Andre Burakovsky top six is a terrific top six at both ends offensively and defensively. They don't respect that Ellie Tolvanen, not a household name, but when he got to Seattle from Nashville, transformed his game and, and played excellent for the Seattle Kraken. Yanni Gordon, Oliver Bjorkstrand, a fourth line that is just tough as nails to play against. They get under your skin. They're, they're, they're hard on the forecheck. They're good defensively. Brandon Tanev, Pierre-Edouard Belmar. And now they add Kyler Yamamoto from the Edmonton Oilers to that fourth line to give them a little more of an offensive speed dimension as well. You know, this is a great four lines. They've always been able to uh, skate. They're a fast team. Uh, and that's always why they've been able to be very uh, good and, and tough to beat. And then the blue line came of age last year. Vince Dunn, a breakout season for him on the blue line. Adam Larson, who, look, criticized for kind of be underachieving based on his draft status. I thought that was one of his best seasons last year for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Jamie Oleksiak just puts everyone through the uh, boards, through the ice with that physical style uh, of play. Same with Will Borgen. And then you add a guy like Brian Dumoulin, who, look, there is some question that there's a lot of tread on those tires, if you will when it comes to a Brian Dumoulin, but this is a guy that's got a lot of experience, still the guile and the uh, savvy, I, I think, to play well in his own end uh, and certainly has that playoff experience that teams like Seattle are looking for. And they put him with Justin Schultz, who I thought last year uh, had a bounce back year for Seattle. So I like the blue line one through six. It's not as deep or strong as, say, a Vegas blue line or a Colorado blue line, but they're still pretty good in their own right. And most importantly, Philip Grubauer got back uh, on track last year. He got his game back. He was very good late in the season and even better in the playoffs uh, in net for the uh, Kraken. They're, they like uh, as well Joey Decord, who's going to be the new backup. Uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds led that team, Joey Decord, all the way to the Calder Cup final uh, last year. So I think he's ready for this opportunity as the backup. And as much as, you know, Vegas uh, obviously looking to repeat and be great, will they be great right away? They've got the, you know, the hoopla going on at T-Mobile Arena involving the Banner Night and uh, the Stanley Cup Championship celebration. I think it really is an opportunity for Seattle to come into Vegas and, and get and get a victory here tonight because I don't think the gap by get uh, with these two teams is nearly this wide. And I think the situational elements favor Seattle a little bit here uh, on this uh, Banner Night, which can sometimes be a distraction uh, for the home team. Not to mention. I know Alex and I talked about this a lot last year with Seattle. They were even better on the road last year than they were at home. Uh, they were a very, very good road team last year. Uh, I would expect more of the same here tonight. I'm going to split this up, Seattle first period and full game money line uh, here in this matchup. 
uh, Seattle first period. You can get it uh, at a plus one uh, 30 price. It was plus 130 earlier. Yeah, plus 130 at bet99. It's dropped to plus 120 at a couple of books, but you can still get a pretty good plus number on the first period. And you can get as high as plus 145 to plus 150 uh, with Seattle for the full game money line. So I'm going to do a split bet between the two uh, first period and full game money line here on the uh, Seattle uh, Kraken, which should be a terrific uh, hockey game to wrap up this opening night triple header. Uh, Alex Kraken, Golden Knights. Yeah, well, that, that's a genius look to bet the first period, too, because uh, we're both thinking in the same direction. We both love the Kraken. They're my team to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, so, spoiler alert, if, wow. you, if you haven't watched the, uh, the, the the season preview. But, but yeah, I, I'm really high on the Seattle team, like you said, because they're overshadowed, not just the fact that they don't have any stars on their own team, right? But look at the division they're in and what they're overshadowed by. The defending champions in the Vegas Golden Knights. The, you know, Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers, uh, you know, you're always going to get, uh, you know, L.A. money coming in and a book in Vegas because of, of this proximity. So there's a reason why Seattle's priced in, in the markets of the Stanley Cup and the Western Conference were, you know, where you were able to get so much value. And it seemed a bit disrespectful, but it's like you said, it's all public perception, not necessarily how the books are ranking everything. So you take it with a little bit of grain of salt and, and we're fortunate enough to grab 40 to one. I have futures for the Kraken over. Uh, point totals to win division, win conference, and Stanley Cup. This is only the third time I've ever done a sweep like that in a while. And one of those years I actually did win, that was the Blackhawks in 2012-2013. So maybe I, I can hit it, uh, hit it again here with Seattle, hopefully. And I think it starts with this. Vegas, all right, they have the mini medieval night show, medieval time show for like 30 minutes before a regular season game. Well, they just won a Stanley Cup. So the banner ceremony that normally takes 45 minutes in every barn it's probably going to be about an hour with who knows what they're going to do. They might have fireworks and trumpets and, you know, it, it's going to be a grand shit show because it's Vegas, right? That's, that's their whole, that's their whole shit. So now Seattle sitting there watching this and, 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 you know, teams just get pissed off. Not to mention they just get tired. It breaks their routine. It's just, you know, you got to wait for, you know, something else to remi- remember over the next, what, seven or eight days of, of games is that every opening night, you got every team, you know, skating every player out. They're all taking the the ice, and, and, and you know, the intros are going to be a little bit longer. And you sometimes tend to see teams get a little antsy, play a little sloppy because of that, get a little broken from their routine. And I think Seattle's in a prime position where that hyped-up crowd and all that energy and all that emotion, Seattle could come in and get a goal early and take the air right out of that building, get out of there with a the first-period lead and ride that to a win. So I'm right there with you. I like Seattle first-period money line. I like Seattle full-game money line then. We go. Uh, liking the same stuff there. Seattle first period full game money line split uh, here in this first uh, game of the uh, season. And again, this is the this is the role and the price range that really I liked Seattle in last year. Road underdog. You know, they were very, very good in this uh, type of role last year. The road record was great. They were even better, I think, as road dogs as opposed to road favorites. Uh, and uh, definitely I would expect uh, them to be very live tonight in what should be a really good game. Uh, against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And again, with Vegas, think about, I think if you're going to get Vegas, it's now. Not only, you know, the two injuries on the blue line, Martinez and uh, um, White Cloud, but also all the fucking partying that they've done all summer uh, with the yeah. Stanley Cup. And Hell, the last night. USA, Did you see Jack Eichel? Jack yeah, Eichel yeah. was so tuned up on uh, on halftime of Monday Night Football. Yeah, yeah, so. 
Um, oh yeah, the, the several Golden Knights and uh, were there at uh, Allegiant Stadium during the Packers Raiders game last night, lighting the torch. And you're right, a few of them looked absolutely three sheets to the fucking wind, just absolutely uh, bombed, you know, out of their minds already. And they got a game tonight, 24 hours later, uh, to start the NHL uh, regular season. So, uh, like I say, I think situationals definitely favor Seattle a little bit. Brett, what are you thinking here? It's a great game, Seattle Vegas. First off, did you boys see the Vegas rings? Those are fucking oh, wild. beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. imagine what those would go for. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Some of the best yeah, looking like, Stanley Cup rings I've seen, honestly. Yeah, yep. maybe, maybe yeah. ever. I think it, when, I, when I was looking at it, I think it comes into like a pendant too that you could. Yeah, like, you can twist the top. That's something that the the Golden State Warriors, I think, they were one of the first NBA okay. teams. To do it. it twists off, and you can wear it as a medallion, and then the inside is uh, it's and that's like a glass. Where they do yeah, the actual right. uh, rink surface, so it's, it's super cool. If you haven't seen it, guys, look Google it. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's going to be their home opener tonight. Have, have you guys ever went to a game in Vegas? It's absolutely insane in there, you know. Not so yet. I think I think no matter what's going on, you should be able to get up for a game in that building, home or on the road, coming in and playing them because it's so wild in there. You know, it's so amped up. Uh, like you guys were saying, White Cloud. He's very good. Uh, a team like Chicago, he could be their number one or two D. A team like Pittsburgh, you know, he could be a very good D if he went to another team. On this team, they're still stacked, uh, in my opinion. You know, they're heavy. That's the biggest thing that was noticeable last year in the in the final. They're heavy. You know, Marsha Show's not the biggest guy, but he was sniping. The rest of the guys, fast, heavy guys. Um, the NHL is kind of getting away from that style of game. You know, that's how it used to be 10 years ago. The the big, not big hitting, but the big heavy bodies out there really grinding you out, like trying to play them in a seven-game series. You feel like you got hit by a fucking car after one game, you know. So um, they, they have the same team, the same mentality. Last year, watching them a little bit at the start of the season till like about Christmas, I didn't think they were very good. And my whole opinion of that whole Western conference was that Edmonton was going to come out of there and that there really wasn't anyone in particular that was, you know, a full blown number one to come out of there. And then they just, you know, grinded it out. And then once they got into the final, they looked amazing. So uh, I think they're going to, I think they're going to roll still with that. Barbashev was really good with them. He played really heavy on the four check, got a lot of points, uh, you know, big on that first line with them. So uh I think they're going to be really good this year. Um, their goaltending, hard to say. Like Aiden Hill, he's huge too. Logan Thompson had a really good year. Like Logan Thompson was in the All-Star game last year. You know what I mean? They went through, what, like five or six goalies last year? But, like, he was he was number one in all the numbers in the league until he got hurt there, and then he kind of just got wiped off the map. So, like, if he can come back, he's the backup so far. Aiden Hill, you know, like if their goaltending can stick in there and – you know, be a decent doer if they have a three guys or whatever they're going to do like they did last year. Um, they're going to be hard to beat. Uh, Seattle, on the other end, same thing. I didn't really watch Seattle too much last year, but the games I did watch, they were really good. They had a really good system. You know, they have real good leadership with their coach there, uh, Ron Francis as a GM. Um, I think they just – they work hard and – they do have some skilled guys like Matty Beneers. If he continues how he played last year, he is a superstar, I feel. You know, he's really good. Eberle, uh, the last few years before Eberle went to Seattle, it almost looked like he was too slow and uh, that he wasn't going to be very good anymore. Same with Schwartz, two good old Sasky boys there. 
but uh, they're rejuvenated. Everly's on that first line. Like, he looks unreal. Um, you know, you never know. With that experience, they're both uh, teams who are just new in the league. And obviously, Vegas, you know, they got a pretty good bounce there their first year. They got a lot of guys they probably shouldn't have or whatever, you know. People talk about that draft and stuff like that, where Seattle kind of went a different direction. They didn't get all the stuff that Vegas got, but now they do have a very good team. They're in a situation where now they can grow. They have most of the same players. Grubauer is very good in net. You know, like he was in Colorado before that. He was Vesna candidate. You know, he was good. So I think it's going to be a good game tonight. It's uh, it's going to depend on how Vegas, if they had a few last night. They got a lot of publicity. That's what I'm liking, though. You know, if you – I'm obviously watching American TV here, but, like, the NHL and hockey is getting a lot of publicity. Like, you would have never seen in years – them going right up to the blonde babe, right up to the right up to the set and talking about the Stanley Cup, you know, on Monday night football. They would have been like people would have been like, What's hockey? What's hockey? But now it's it's huge. So it's nice to see the big coverage. So the boys might have got in one last night. But um I don't I don't think for Vegas, like if I'm playing with Vegas, I have zero pressure. I just won the cup. Like you guys said, we partied all summer. We took it to our family. We had memories for a lifetime, but like those guys last year really started to get rolling. Like they were good all year. Don't get me wrong, but they really got rolling around Christmas time. You know what I mean? Right. And yep. um, it's not, a, the league isn't a race anymore. You know, like it's not like how in baseball this year, Tampa Bay was amazing to start. And then they just kind of fizzled out. You know, you don't want to do that. So hockey, it's such a grind the travel, the, the body, what it, you know, it's such a fast, big, aggressive game, you know, like, you don't really have nothing to prove off the start. You just want to get your systems going. You want to uh, get your feet underneath you. You want to get going. You want to feel comfortable. And then as you get into that, you know, that November, December, January, that's where you really hit your hot streak. And that's what Vegas did. And I feel like that's what they're going to do this year. So uh, it's going to be a good game tonight. I'm going to say like a 3-2, 3-2, just for you guys, 3-2 Seattle Krakens going to come in the Vegas boys might not have got their IV this morning it might be a little rough out there but no I think it'll be a good game you know they're professionals so uh but I'm gonna say just like you guys I think I think the Kraken will come in and steal one here but it's gonna be it's gonna be a good season for both teams but in the end they're both gonna be where they were last year I feel yeah I think if they if the some of those Vegas players uh feel this morning when they wake up the way they looked last night during the football game then yeah it wouldn't be an easy wake-up call, uh, I think, for them uh, this morning. But, uh, you know, more than anything here with Vegas, and you mentioned it, Brett, it's a great point. Team that's just won the Stanley Cup, what are you trying to establish in the first week of the season, your first few games? Let's just get, you know, back on the ice and, you know, get the season going. And it's more so about process than results. And it's about pacing yourself. And you've won it all. You, you don't panic over, eh, if we lose a couple in the early part of the season, it's the end of the world, not for – a team like Vegas. And plus you got to almost treat these full 82 game regular seasons, like segments, like, you know, their own, you know, multiple seasons within one season. Look at Florida last year, down where you are, Brett. Yeah. Last year, they couldn't get out of their own way in the first half of the season. They had a brutal first half of the mm-hmm. season. Brodsky's yeah. struggling. Uh, they had some injuries, but they weren't playing well. They looked like they were life and death you know, to make the playoffs. It was a struggle to adjust to Paul Maurice and and the way he wanted them to play early in the season. All of a sudden, the second half rolls around and things start to click. They get red hot down the stretch, although Alex Lyon provides a little 
uh, surprise, uh, terrific net minding two down the stretch and they get into the playoffs and they catch fire. They go all the way to the Stanley Cup final when nobody would have seen that coming in the first half of the season. Maybe you get that from Vegas too. you know, just pace yourself. There's going to be better in the second half. They're going to be better in the playoffs than maybe they are in October, November. Yeah, I think you just look at like Boston last year. You know what I mean? Like they, to be honest, they looked amazing. Like they had four lines. They had three good D pairing, two amazing goalies. But like they were just so focused throughout the year with the media. And I'm sure obviously with themselves about how good they were doing the best record in NHL history or whatever, you know. So I think with hockey, it's not like it's not like baseball or basketball. Obviously, football is a very aggressive sport. But like hockey it's so hard on your body that you really honestly do have to pick and choose guys like jeff carter crosby Malkin, those guys like are those guys going to go hard yes they mentally they're going to go hard and physically they are but it's just it's not going to be they're not going to be able to put up with it for 82 games and so you you have to pace yourself you're going to have ups and downs but the beginning of the year unless you're a bubble guy and you're trying to make the lineup right i think those guys are obviously they're working for their jobs but like the veterans you know, they are, uh, they're really, you know, they're really just going to ease into it, I feel. And then once they get their boots underneath them, then obviously they're going to be amazing. But uh, I think a lot of teams and players nowadays are just looking at a different mentality. And, you know, everyone says in the cliche, oh, you win, you get the top, the most points in the NHL, and then you lose out the first round. But there's actually something behind that now, because it's been, especially like I was saying last year, like, Boston should have won the cup, but were they out of gas? Were they concentrating too much on the regular season? We don't know. Right. So I think if I'm, you know, the new age NHL, like you have to take care of yourself, all that kind of stuff, but you have to have a different mentality. And the old school coaches don't like that. They want to be like, you fucking work your bag off every game, every day, every practice, all that kind of stuff. But I, I don't think you can do that nowadays. I think you have to, you have to just, not take it easy, but to you pick have your to, spots uh, to do that. To yeah, exactly. The put them you through exactly. a bag. You have to find your right pace and balance with it. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be. You don't want to be lethargic and go out and be zero and fourteen and be ha ha ha. You know, we're we're just taking it easy because we're a little right. bit banged up because we won the cup and stuff like that. But right. also, the Vegas guys—they're professionals. You know, like uh, there's a lot of where I'm from in in Canada, Western Canada, like uh, McCrimmons from there. A lot of their players have a. A WHL tie, Chandler Stevenson, a lot of those guys, McNabb, uh, White Cloud, all those kind of guys. So going into Vegas, those guys need to know how to control the city of Vegas and their off ice, right? So, yes, right. they're going to go to Monday Night Football and get a little goofy and all squirrely and all that kind of stuff. But throughout the season, you can't be going out every night in Vegas or else you're just not going to sure. be there. Yeah. So um, those guys are professionals. But like you said, it's, uh, it's a long season, man. And uh, – there's so many things that come into play. So obviously you just want to use the mentality and take it one game at a time. And tonight is the first game they're going to enjoy hanging the banner up and you never know. Seattle might uh, come in here and slip away with a greasy little win. No doubt. And that's what we're hoping for that Seattle's able to uh, take advantage of this uh, here tonight. And uh, you know, there's a reason, uh, there's a reason why a lot of the Vegas players, you know, wives and kids and their families have decided we're going to, when we purchase property and we purchase our home in Las Vegas, we're going to go to Summerlin. You know, we're going to go a little bit more to the outskirts uh, of the, uh, yeah. they're not living in downtown Las Vegas, the, the players, they're not living, you know, just off the strip. No, they're going into Summerlin. They're going into more of the, you know, residential areas uh, of Las Vegas to, to, because they need some semblance of normal life. 
you know, when you're playing in a place like Las Vegas yeah. and just live that normal life. And of course they are able uh, to uh, do that. Uh, no question. So that's definitely something to uh, watch for. Uh, all right. We, uh, before we wrap up the show, we got the best bets, of course. We always do that. That's an Ice Guy staple. Uh, that is not going anywhere. We've got best bets to wrap it up. But we're going to introduce a brand new segment. And uh, Alex, feel free to contribute to this segment throughout the course of the season. If you've got this is a player prop specific segment, but you knew what we made famous last year on this show. I was just uh, got onto this role and got into this groove of just picking these gem goal scorer props at these plus 300, plus 400, plus 500 uh, in some cases, those kind of prices. And so a new segment on the show this season, here it is, the bargain bin, uh, that should be actually the bargain bin special of the night. Uh, that is what this segment is going to be, uh, the bargain bin special of the night. And this is me picking one and only one, and that's the thing. It's not specials of the night. It's special of the night, so I can only have a chance to pick one. Truly value-laden goal score prop on the NHL betting board each and every night. And for my first bargain bin special uh, of the night, I'm going to go back to the Chicago-Pittsburgh game, and this is one that I definitely noticed uh, early in the day when I saw, and I saw this yesterday from the to people that follow the Blackhawks, seeing their line combinations and noticing that the top line tonight is going to be Connor Bedard, Taylor Hall, and Ryan Donato uh, slated to be on the top line for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks tonight. And if you look at the goal props for Bedard, you're getting in the plus 150 to plus 200 range. For Taylor Hall, you're getting in the plus 190 to plus 250 range. But for Ryan Donato, who is going to be on the right wing side of that top line, and he's also going to be on the number one power play unit tonight for the Chicago Blackhawks as well, Ryan Donato at FanDuel right now is plus 550 to score a goal tonight uh, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And these are the situations we talked about a ton last year that one player in particular that unexpectedly, maybe not everyone thought this would happen with Ryan Donato, that he'd be on the top line to start the season. And there was zero adjustment in the prop for that player, despite him playing on the top line, whether it was his goal prop, assist prop, point prop, you name it, there was no adjustment. And that's what this looks like to me, that Ryan Donato, obviously, whether he scores tonight or not, to me, he shouldn't be at that price playing on the top line with Taylor Hall and Connor Bedard and also expected to be on the power play. So Ryan Donato for the Chicago Blackhawks at plus 550 at FanDuel is my first bargain bin special uh, of the night for the new season. Nice. Nice. I love it. That that That's amazing. I mean, I, I can't trump that. The closest thing I'd even come close to would be the Hall to score uh, prop at plus 300. But that's great value. Like I said, that's great handicapping. And, and, and that's the thing to look at, you know, Something to talk about, certainly, in the, in the first two weeks of the season. It, you know, a lot of people are excited. We're all super jazzed up and ready to, to, to bet on the sport. But I think having this player prop uh, boom over the last year makes it a little easier to find things to bet on early in the year. If you're trying to get a feel for the teams as a whole, you may not have that right away. But if you have a good feel on certain players, especially if you've seen something from some guys in preseason that you like, you have the chance to build with that. You can attack the player prop market more than even just the standard side and total market this time of year. Yeah, 
no doubt. And that's what you look for. You look at those lineup charts every day. You look at those, uh, you know, and Rotowire has them. You know, yeah. the great, the, the best beat writers on Twitter, and at X, I should say, they're the ones that are going to post the line combinations and the defensive pairs at every practice, every morning skate, uh, right before the game. And that is where I find a lot of this information as well. And if you can find players, again, we've said it millions of times, especially last year on the show, if you were with us, that players moving up the lineup, you know, are the players that are going to give you the greatest value as far as player props are concerned. And that's why what I see here with Ryan Donato tonight. Top line, not, not necessarily expected to be on the top line to begin the season, but he is starting tonight and he's plus 550 to score a goal. That's value. Win or lose, that is value. So there you go, Ryan Donato, a plus 550 for my first bargain bin special of the uh, new uh, NHL season. All right, we're going to start with Brett for best bets here to wrap up the show. And uh, and uh, actually, you know what, before we do that, quickly on betting strategy, Alex wanted to, to bring this up. I think it's worth talking about it, just betting strategy yeah. early in the season. It's that, you know, it's a long season. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You don't put all your bankroll or a large portion of it on the first night or first two nights of the season. You know, and for me, even though I'm a high volume better, it's important to separate high volume from the amount that I've got. These are all the same smaller amounts for the most part. There's uh, one bet in particular that I'll get to, and it'll be my best bet for the show that's bigger than a lot of the others. Other than that, everything's smaller. The player props are smaller bets. You know, just make sure you are always being uh, responsible and managing your bankroll proper, properly uh, early, not only early in the season, but throughout the season, especially when you got a daily sport like hockey. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And, and two things I wanted to mention to kind of split, but talking about betting strategy for the beginning of the year. One thing is when you're signing up, and I know we have a lot of you know people who are watching us that are new, or, or maybe like I said, this is your first or second year betting in hockey. Always check with every sports book you use, whether it's domestic, whether it's offshore, Check and see what options you have available. The menu changes every year and different things change. For example, someone in the chat was mentioning about trying to find minus one lines where, yes, you had to create those before. But now a lot of books, MGMs, bet MGM specifically will have where you can have a sliding scale of betting one, one and a half, two, two and a half, where a lot of books now have switched to the model of having minus one and a half, minus two and a half, minus three and a half. You don't get that that flat number. Which is huge if you're talking about, you know, the obviously pushing or or covering a, a number. So that's one thing to, to keep an eye on. But number two, he said, you know, everything's evolving and changing with lineups uh, and different things. You want to follow, you know, uh, some good beat writers on Twitter. You want to follow, like I said, the Roto World goalie post to know when goalies are going to start uh, and, and getting those kind of lineup uh, things kind of set. Over time, you'll be able to get the feel if you follow a certain team of you know, which goalie will be going in, which nights they're going to be, you know, flipping and flopping on a back-to-back, -back, which goaltender would be uh, going in that. So, you know, you it takes time to develop those things as well. So, like you said, with a brand-new season, just take it easy with your bets. Take it easy with, you know, just developing your strategy and, and your handicap. And if you have the right handicap in due time, some of those closer losses you may have early will turn into closer wins later in the season. Absolutely. It's great advice. No doubt about that. Um, just before we get to best bets, I do want to mention this too. Our thoughts and well wishes to Barry Melrose. Uh, just some uh, very, very sad news that Parkinson's disease uh, he has been oh, diagnosed with and he will not be on the uh, ESPN uh, NHL broadcast, any of them for the foreseeable future. So uh, oh, very, very unfortunate news. That. And we wish, uh, and Barry Melrose has been basically an ESPN lifer, you know, with the NHL coverage. He was there when they had the rights in the 90s 
you know, after he stopped coaching, he went there in the late nineties, early two thousands, he was part of the ESPN broadcasts. Then they lost the rights for like almost 20 years and he stayed there. He was still there. He was their one hockey analyst. They bring him in throughout the season and in the playoffs, even when ESPN never had any of the games on their network. And then of course, when ESPN got the rights back a couple of years ago, he was part of the broadcast again. And, uh, Look, um, sad news, and, and we just hope that uh, he gets through this and uh, recovers. But uh, uh, unfortunate news there for a Barry Melrose. We wish him all the best, no question about that. All right, uh, best bets to wrap up our season premiere edition, our seventh season already of this show. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Brett, thanks for joining us. You'll be back, too, next Tuesday. My pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. Yeah, and you'll be back next Tuesday as well on the show. But your first best bet, my friend, it better make it count. What do you got? Oh, my first best bet. I'm going to bet that Connor Bedard is going to score one goal tonight. And then I also am going to bet that the Seattle Kraken are going to beat Las Vegas. And then my third bet will be that Pittsburgh and Chicago are going to be the over. And it's going to be a high-scoring affair. And that's all I have for you today. There we go. Uh, that's a, that's 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 a lot right there. Uh, you make it sound like you should have had three or four more uh, bets to possibly throw out there for best bet. But uh, all right, so Connor Bedard, anytime goal scorer uh, for uh, Brett uh, Pepler here uh, on this uh, Penguins a Blackhawks game, and again that is at plus two hundred at Fanduel, and again over six and a half uh, as well. So a couple of best bets there for Brett Pepler, our special guest today. Alex, first best bet of the season. What do you got? We're releasing the Kraken, Seattle Kraken, plus 145, plus 150. You can grab the plus 150. I don't know where that's around, but definitely grab that. I got uh, I got 147, actually, about two and a half weeks ago. But like I said, it's going to be, uh, you know, pomp and circumstance galore for Vegas as they, you know, have their banner ceremony. They're celebrating. They, you know, it's just a lot of emotion. And it's not just because it's Vegas. Any team, you, you see the emotion uh, on the players' faces, you know, recanting and, and recalling. That you know, grueling time where they were able to you know have that much joy and success, and now here they are at the brand new season, and now you got a team who's hungry and fierce and ready and capable to be right in that spot where Vegas is right now, a year from now, uh, in the Seattle Kraken. I love the way that this team's made up. I think they're a great team, and I think they'll be able to take the air out of T-Mobile Arena and come away with two points on the road. So give me the Seattle Kraken plus 150, my first best bet of the 23-24 season. There you go. Seattle Kraken plus 150 against Vegas. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. And we've got to sh uh, shout out the comment here by uh, Jarek Rubel. I put on the uh, season preview show last night, fell asleep at Buffalo and woke up at St. Louis. Uh, it tells you how long it was, right? <laughs> get through a whole sleep cycle and the show is still going. And we're st so there you go. And uh, that's you're right. It's is that, a, is that a chirp? Is that a chirp? Uh, no. I think no, it's, it's, no. it's reality. <laughs> I think it's a testament to how the fuck long we did that. Right, yeah. Five hours going through every uh, single team. All right, my best bet. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail. I gave the uh, reasons earlier. Chicago-Pittsburgh over six and a half. Uh, it's up to minus 125. Uh, I def This was the opening night bet that stood out to me weeks ago. So I'm rolling with it here. Blackhawks and Penguins over six and a half minus 125. I think both teams right now are better offensively than they are defensively. And I think it's going to show here tonight in this game, Chicago Pittsburgh over six and a half for my best bet for this opening night of the NHL season. And that is a wrap for this for season premiere edition of the ice guys. We thank everyone in the chat for joining us too many of you to name, but hit the like button. Hit the join button as well if you want to become an Ice Guys Family Plan member and have exclusive access to all our bonus, extra 
features, videos, content, you name it. Our daily card will be posted there as well, either in text or video form for the uh, members only in the community. So uh, all of that and more, $9.99 US per month to become a Nice Guys family member, a subscriber of the channel. Uh, Brett, we appreciate you joining us. You'll be back next Tuesday for another edition of the show. Uh, for Alex B. Smith, for Brett Pepler, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the opening night of the NHL season, and we will be back tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys. Um, have a good uh, opening night. And by the way, I should also point out, I forgot to do my little spiel at the end. The Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. Enjoy opening night, everybody, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Mm-hmm.